Hello, my name is Tapio Maseba and this is the Commercial Awareness Podcast. First, some headlines. In a follow-up from episode 21, the British Civil Aviation Authority has announced that Thomas Cook has ceased trading and has entered compulsory liquidation. A number of firms have picked up mandates related to this, namely Ashurst, Slaughter and May, Latham and Watkins, Clifford Chance, Linklaters, Freshfields, Kirkland and Ellis, Allen and Overy, Reed Smith, and Milbank. DLA Piper have announced the launch of a LIBOR transition practice to help clients in the operations, legal, tax, accounting, and compliance areas of their businesses for the transition from LIBOR to the new rates that will be implemented from as early as 2021. An independent survey of 6,000 Lloyd staff found that 500 of them have either witnessed or been victims of sexual harassment over the past 12 months. CEO John Neal calls the results, quote, truly terrible, end quote. Both American and British stocks plunged amidst their relevant political crises. And in acquisition news, eBay's chief executive has stepped down as the company looks for someone else to lead as they prepare for a potentially large asset sale. And finally, in a follow-up from episode 5, Carlos Gosen, the former head of Nissan, has agreed to pay $1 million and serve a 10-year ban from serving as an officer or director of a U.S. company to settle fraud charges brought by the SEC. As always, links for all of these headlines are in the description. Now, the longer reads. The first of which is the CMA has fined PayPal for its actions during an acquisition. The Competition and Markets Authority has fined PayPal for breaching rules related to its acquisition of a Swedish startup, iZettle, back in September 2018. Because this acquisition was going to combine two of the largest point-of-sale supplying companies in the UK, the CMA was concerned about the substantial lessening of competition, a term we've heard over the Sainsbury's-Asda merger and also the JD Foot Asylum proposed acquisition last week. Therefore, the CMA triggered an enforcement order that would halt the integration of the two companies' business in the UK while it investigated on the matter. On Tuesday of this week, the CMA ruled that PayPal broke the rules of that order by cross-selling to UK customers, and have therefore fined PayPal £250,000. Though PayPal had permission to market iZettle to mainland Europe and not the UK, PayPal also contacted potential customers in the UK. PayPal accepted the fine, saying, quote, While we are disappointed with this outcome, PayPal takes compliance seriously and has learned from this process, end quote. This can be seen as the CMA making sure they take big tech acquisitions seriously, but without intending to influence your opinion or analysis, I see it as something else. The CMA, though understandably always concerned about the lessening of competition within the UK, behaves differently to international mergers. If you compare this to the reaction of the Sainsbury's ASDA merger or JD and Foot Asylum, not only did they not have an issue with the lessening of competition, but PayPal broke the rules and the fine seems like a slap on the wrist. However, maybe that's to do with the dynamic. This is an American and Swedish company combining. You want them to follow rules, but you also want them to continue trading in the UK as they provide an important service. Maybe it's a quid pro quo about reprimanding while also incentivizing. It is also an interesting illustration to see how international M&A requires legal advice in many countries to ensure that these rules are followed and infractions are prevented. Though the fine is a bit of a slap on the wrist, I'm sure PayPal would have preferred not to pay it. Therefore, it's on their lawyers to advise them properly on how to act in every stage of an acquisition, including post-completion, 
but it is also on the companies to follow that advice. Credit for this story goes to Kate Bioli. Next, Daimler, the parent company of Mercedes-Benz, has been fined 870 million euros for its role in the diesel emission scandal. This is after prosecutors in Stuttgart have ruled that Daimler committed a, quote, negligent violation of supervisory duties, end quote, by failing to meet regulatory requirements of its diesel cars since 2008. In June of this year, Daimler was ordered to recall 60,000 Mercedes diesel cars in Germany after it was found that they cheated anti-pollution measures. Obviously, this is dwarfed by the 30 billion euros Volkswagen have had to pay since admitting to cheating emissions tests in 2015. If you want to know more about that and all of Dieselgate, episode 1 of Dirty Money on Netflix is a decent summary, but obviously watch it with acknowledgement of the intentions of the creator for a show titled Dirty Money. This story read with the CMA and PayPal story shows us the price of not following regulations, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Therefore, it is on those regulatory experts in a firm to ensure that their clients know the laws they have to follow, how to follow them, and the consequences of not following them. This story, truth be told, does not require much further analysis, but as commercial awareness also includes a general awareness of events that occur beyond being able to analyze every story, this is something that happened this last week that I thought you might want to know about. Credit for this story goes to James Warrington. The final story concerns new pharmaceutical company regulation proposed by the Labour Party. I acknowledge that this has kind of been a regulation-heavy episode, but this is an interesting story about the relationship IP law has with innovation. Labour have proposed an initiative called Medicines for the Many, which would see Labour set up a state-owned generic drugs manufacturer and force pharmaceutical companies to make cheaper versions of drugs that the NHS cannot afford. Corbyn has also said that the lowering of prices will be in these pharmaceutical companies' best interests if they want public research funding. This story will have pharmaceutical companies concerned, but should also have consumers concerned. The nature of patents is to incentivize research and development. Those who create new drugs gain the exclusive right to manufacture and sell said drug to make that R&D money back, and then some. If they can no longer set the price that they believe made the R&D of the drug worth their time, and even worse, now need to make secondary or cheaper versions of drugs that the NHS cannot afford, this could have a negative ripple effect for the creation of new medicines. There would possibly be less of an incentive to innovate. There is obviously the other extreme, which we infamously saw when Martin Shkreli increased a drug price by 5,000%, which was his prerogative because his company owned the drug. Granted, he was not the first, and he will not be the last to perform a price hike, but it does bring up a topic that should be debated. What extreme are we willing to live with, and even more importantly, how do you create a system in which neither extreme is possible or necessary? Is there a middle ground between making drugs affordable while also incentivizing the R&D? Is it as simple as lessening an exclusivity period in patents, or is it in lowering the cost of R&D through public funding? This is a regulatory and IP issue that may become more significant if labor is elected, but regardless, it is worth your time to ask where you stand. Credit for this story goes to Hannah Utley. This has been the Commercial Awareness Podcast. As always, links to the stories are available in the episode description, and please be sure to share with your peers, subscribe or follow, and rate if you can on your podcast platform. The bonus episode on the gig economy is also now available on all platforms, 
But if you want to support the podcast in other ways, it is still on Bandcamp where you can purchase a copy of the episode at whatever amount you wish. Thank you to those who have done that so far. Other than that, thank you for listening, and you'll hear from me next week.